0: UFO Thinker podcast. Hello my name's Frank and I'm the host of the UFO Thinker podcast. I'd always been mildly interested in UFOs but like many people the events of 2017 ignited a fire of curiosity for the UFO topic which has been raging ever since. I wanted to start a podcast, but initially thought, well, I'm not an astrophysicist, I'm not a fighter pilot, and I've never even seen a UFO, I'm just a normal guy who's interested in this mystery, but that's when a light bulb went off. There are so many other people, just like me, who are fascinated with this stuff, so why not start a podcast to talk about it from the ordinary guy's perspective? All the BS stripped away, as a few people have said, and let's see if we can get to the truth in all of this. Thanks to everyone who's been on board with the journey so far. It's been amazing to see so many listeners tuning in. And if you're new here, welcome. You can now support the podcast on Patreon, with tiers starting from £3 per month. The podcast will always be 100% free but supporting the show in this way allows me to devote more time and make the show bigger and better. Higher tiers also include special benefits such as being able to suggest episode topics and get merchandise, and I really truly appreciate every listener whether you support on Patreon or not. So now with all of that said, let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the UFO Thinker podcast. My name is Frank, and let's get cracking so today's episode is about essentially the concept of future humans time traveling back to our our point in time that we're living in right now this is a theory that i've heard a lot of people discussing recently on ufo twitter and uh, various kind of social networks and reddit posts and things And I just want to put a little warning in here. Um, This episode will be dealing with some fairly scary concepts. Um, And I don't want people to freak out or anything. I know there may be some people who would rather not hear about, you know, theories to do with cataclysms and apocalyptic scenarios and things like that. And um, if this is you, you may want to avoid this episode as it will be dealing with some fairly frightening stuff but people are talking about it and I've been thinking about it quite a lot and that's the whole point of this podcast isn't it you know I, I kind of go through all my thoughts about various things to do with the UFO world and the topic in general and um, if I'm thinking about it I'm going to talk about it on here that's kind of why I do all this so I'm going to dig into it I've kind of been a bit quiet recently on um, Twitter and so on i had been doing quite a lot of you know wading into threads and debating people and stuff like that over the last few weeks and i thought i'll just go a bit easy on that side of things keep out of any dramas and stuff and focus on Reaching out to some people, you know, behind the scenes and doing some serious research about this particular area. And um, I've been listening to other people talking about it in interviews and podcasts and things, and um, really kind of fired out quite a significant number of emails to people who whose opinions I respect and tried to get a balanced viewpoint from a lot of different angles. So let's get into the actual bones of what's actually being discussed here a bit of background i did hear about the concept of time travel and how it may relate to ufos and the ufo phenomenon um quite some time ago and um, in fact years and years ago really before i was even really deeply in, in invested in the topic and you know deeply into it And I kind of dismissed it as an interesting idea, but without much more substance to it than that, really. In in the UFO topic, there are a lot of different areas, and I suppose being a a relative newcomer to the topic compared to some, especially because you know there's people who've been deep in this topic for ten years, twenty years, even you know, and longer in some cases. So I have to kind of pick which areas I'm going to really deeply dive into in order to fully understand you know the bigger picture and you can't dive into every area all at once so i do like to really dig in properly on one topic kind of form an opinion as best i can you know from doing quite a bit of you know research spending a bit of time on it before i talk about that on the podcast and i usually refrain from commenting on areas that i haven't really had the chance to fully dig into yet for example the um the turkey ufo incident um the one where you know people claim you can see the occupants if you zoom in and so on chris chris leto actually mentioned that in the recent interview that i did with him and i'm aware of it i've seen the footage um but i've not done my kind of deep dive yet so to me it just remains an interesting area but one that i can't really speak on fully until i've done my due diligence really i don't want to start making speculations about things until i know the full picture so the time traveling humans concept was the same, but, you know, as you may have noticed, there's been a real kind of uptick in this particular topic being mentioned over the last few weeks. And um, again, I think, you know, a few people I've spoke to have suggested that this topic has kind of, you know, risen and then sort of fallen back a bit and then risen and fallen back. And, and this is just a, a newer, you know, resurgence of this particular conversation but i do think this time it's perhaps it seems to be being brought forward by people in strong positions to know what's going on which i think uh you know even according to some of the people i've spoken to that does kind of set this particular point in time uh, aside as something a little bit different to perhaps what's been discussed in the past it's certainly gaining traction so what is actually being put forward here with this theory what what are we actually talking about okay future humans fine time traveling all right but what's the specifics so essentially what's being suggested here is that at least some of the uap being witnessed are not extraterrestrial in in fact but human in origin more specifically future human So there are potentially two groups, or possibly more, actually, but most of the conversations boil down to two particular groups. And the first group is from the not-too-distant future, somewhere in the region of about 50 to 100 years from the present day, from what I can gather, and these humans look just like us. You wouldn't be able to tell the difference between one of these future humans and a present-day human if you walk past them in the street. And some leading scientists have suggested that tic-tac technology will be available and achievable, potentially, in the next 50 years or possibly even much sooner. Lou Elizondo himself has also suggested that this may be the case and that it may be much sooner than a lot of people realise. And these advances in technology would enable the possibility of time travel. So time travel itself is apparently... You know not impossible according to the laws of physics as we currently understand them we just lack the the material science capabilities and to make it happen and and the energy requirements Uh, We we don't have the means to 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 actually bring it to fruition at this point but obviously that changes constantly according to new technological developments and this of course could change dramatically over the next 50 years especially if the reverse engineering efforts on any exotic materials that we already have in our possession uh, achieve some kind of breakthrough i mean think about 50 years if we're talking about 50 years in the past you know we're going back to like the times of before the internet before proper mobile phone technology you know when you consider how much mobile phones and the internet has has changed the, the the entire makeup of the society that we live in you know if you compare cars 50 years ago to now if you compare uh, you know a, a lot of other technological um, devices that we have now to what it was 50 years ago it's it's a vast difference and when you then consider 50 years in the future bearing in mind that we have all of the technology that we've got right now to actually aid us in making further breakthroughs You know, when you think about 50 years from now, it's going to be potentially unrecognizable just in the same way as it was 50 years ago, being unrecognizable compared to what we have now. So these future humans from approximately 50 to 100 years in the future have, um, according to what people are discussing, um, have cracked this technology and they have the the capability to travel through time. And the reason that they have traveled back in time is to prevent a cataclysm from occurring, which dramatically alters the state of the planet Earth. And it's not clear exactly what this cataclysm consists of, but there are a number of possibilities, including an asteroid impact, a super volcano, a nuclear war, massive deadly pandemic perhaps or even a magnetic pole shift and we'll come back to these possibilities later on but those are essentially some of the the more prominent uh, possibilities of what a cataclysm could actually be uh, that may occur and so that's the the first group and the other group of future humans being discussed here is from the distant future and it's unclear exactly when that is at this stage, but essentially um, they have evolved in the post-cataclysm Earth, which could potentially be a very different environment to what we're used to. Um, it, could, it could potentially be a low oxygen environment. It could be a low sunlight environment, um, very different to our current climate. And they would have extremely advanced technological Uh, equipment uh, the technology in general would be very advanced compared to ours and they according to those bringing this information forward are coming back to ensure that the cataclysm does happen now the reason for this is that they would not exist if the cataclysm doesn't happen so the conditions on the earth which lead to their existence can only exist if the cataclysm does happen so they're coming back to our time to ensure that the cataclysm does take place so as you can see here, there are two separate factions of future humans, each with a different objective. And as I say, there could be many more factions as well, but the ones I'm really hearing about are those two in particular. And I know this sounds quite terrifying. I mean it is, isn't it? You know, the concept of that is is pretty horrifying in general. But what i can say is that that's the information i'm hearing i can't say for a fact that i know that that's correct i think even a lot of sources where this information is coming from um, they themselves are saying that there is a lot of speculation involved here but these are the things that are being discussed and it's up to you to make up your own mind as to what you think about these things Um, hopefully you find it interesting you know whatever your uh, your 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 actual decision is as to how uh, verifiable and true this all is And I'll come back to um, later on where this information is coming from as much as I can. Uh, But for now, let's get into why we should be taking these scenarios seriously. Or at least considering these scenarios as something that that maybe we should be taking seriously. So the possibilities I mentioned earlier, an asteroid impact, a supervolcano, or even a, a magnetic pole shift you know should be taken seriously in my opinion now these are possibilities that we can't ignore even outside of all of this time traveling theory and so on particularly the asteroid impact now listen i know it sounds like science fiction so far yeah i'm talking about time travel i'm talking about comets coming hitting the earth and stuff like that stuff you hear about in movies isn't it let's be honest you know but look we know a few things for an absolute fact The Earth has been hit by absolutely enormous asteroids and comets, not just once, but multiple times throughout the Earth's history. This is factual information. The dinosaurs were completely wiped out by an impact, which we know, with a large degree of certainty, definitely happened. Um, Quoting the the previous NASA chief, um, chief administrator, Jim Bridenstine, "Quote: I wish I could tell you these events are exceptionally unique, but they're not. We have to make sure that people understand that this is not about Hollywood. It's not about movies." Unquote. So I think there's a danger of becoming desensitized to these types of issues, exactly because we we've seen the concept come up so many times in fictional movies. But let's be honest: we have seen the concept of a global emergency. You know, caused by a serious illness in movies. And I had actually heard a lot of people dismissing the possibility of such things a couple of years ago, even as COVID swept through Europe on its way to the UK, where I'm obviously based. And it may have been a bit of a boy who cried wolf, you know? There was various other things like swine flu and bird flu and ebola and we heard about these diseases that could be really bad and you hear about it once you get a bit worried you hear about it a second time after the first one didn't really take off and you go maybe i shouldn't be that bothered about this and you hear about it again and by that time you have become a bit desensitized to it But obviously, we all know what happened with COVID. It did spread to pretty much every corner of the globe and and caused massive disruption. And just because we'd heard about it in other burgeoning diseases that didn't really take off and we'd heard about it in movies, I think that did affect the overall reaction to COVID and perhaps caused um, some of the failings in in actually preparing for uh, a situation like that. And we should, in my opinion, see COVID as a bit of a lesson to be learned. I mean, we're still learning that lesson day to day. It's not gone away just yet, has it? And we dismissed the possibility and ended up underprepared the uk government actually slashed budgets for pandemic relief programs before covid and we we basically sleepwalked into a nightmare woefully underprepared to deal with the pandemic which many believed would never happen and this is despite knowing that things like that had happened many many times in our history the the black plague everybody knows about it you know multiple smallpox outbreaks as, as i mentioned just now bird flu swine flu ebola the list goes on and on, and we can't allow ourselves to make that mistake again because next time it could be much more serious. So, also, we know that time travel is a possibility that we may be able to achieve at some point in the future. So, look, I'm not a physicist, I'm definitely not an astrophysicist or anything like that, but from what I've been reading about, and from what I've heard other people talking about as well, is that essentially Einstein has, you know, identified the property of space-time which is responsible for gravity as its curvature. Space and time, uh, in in Einstein's thinking and theories, are not exactly flat, so it's not a case of Einstein. Uh, you know space and time space time is is being rigid but in fact it can be pushed and pulled and stretched and and warped by matter itself so gravity actually affects space time so like they say things like when you're on the earth the passage of time is actually slightly different so when you're up in orbit and depending on your proximity to a, a an, an extremely massive object um space time can actually be affected by that i always remember the um the the bob lazar um uh, description again whatever you think of bob lazar it's an interesting concept in the, from a physics point of view um, where he he says imagine that a mattress is is like space time and you have uh, two objects you have a small ping pong ball or something along the lines of that and a bowling ball and if you put your ping pong ball on the mattress it's it's there it doesn't really affect space time but if you put the bowling ball on the mattress it's so heavy that it actually warps the mattress and as such the ping pong ball will actually roll towards the depression made in the mattress by this very massive object which is the bowling ball and it's an interesting analogy that and it kind of really helped me to understand how gravity actually affects space-time and the thing is is that gravity feels strongest where space-time is most curved and and vanishes where space-time is flat so we know that space-time can in fact be manipulated by matter and to me it kind of seems as though It's just a matter of time until we stumble across or, you know, develop the technology to actually be able to manipulate space-time. We know that matter can manipulate space-time, and indeed, like black holes and things, you know, these unbelievably massive objects, you know, actually quite drastically um alter space-time and we're only just learning about these things it was only over the last year or so that they actually had the first photograph of a black hole you know up until very recently in our history as humans we thought that these things were just theoretical objects and now we've took took an actual photograph of one of them and as our technology keeps advancing now we understand that space-time itself can be manipulated by uh, an extremely massive object you know it seems like magic to us now to have a technology that can manipulate space-time but you know mobile phones and the internet seem like magic 200 years ago so who knows the technologies that we'll be able to develop as the decades roll along and we know that space-time can be manipulated so i don't think it's outside of the realms of possibility that we may be able to manipulate space-time as as technology advances. And that, that could indeed enable the possibility of time travel. And just now we've established that time travel does not really break the laws of physics as we understand them. And it's reasonable to assume that if our technology keeps going on the path that it is already, that we may be able to actually achieve time travel at some stage. Also, we've established that there are Have been asteroidal impacts that have happened before and they will certainly happen again. The only question is when. You know, we'll come back to that later as well as we explore other possibilities of exactly which objects we may have to worry about and so on. So, I'm not saying here, look, I have got proof that, you know, people are time traveling or I've got proof that there's going to be some kind of cataclysmic event that will change the course of human history. But what I am saying is that it is possible and in fact i would say fairly likely that it could actually happen There's, It's not an impossibility at this moment in time we can understand that the, the possibility of time travel could actually happen at some point in our future and the possibility of a, an asteroid impact is is almost a certainty but it's just a case of when and to what extent that it actually is so i think that's worth bearing in mind when we discuss this even though it sounds like sci-fi there is a possibility there so now we've gone through all of that let's have a little bit of a look about the what is the source of this information where is this coming from so far so sci-fi huh? so i've, I've essentially just explained the plot of a movie haven't i you know time traveling humans are going to come back and stop a big asteroid hitting the earth and stuff like that it sounds all very fanciful but it's not really that simple ross coltart a highly respected australian journalist i'm sure most listeners of this podcast will know all about i've spoke about him a lot before and, and he's been you know everywhere this last year his, his credibility is impeccable as a journalist you know and ross claims to have heard this information from inside sources ross in his kurt Mungle interview said quote it's only hy- hypothetical but if what i'm being told about this is true I would be somber too, unquote. And it does make you think this whole concept of a, an impending cataclysm and you know, people from the future traveling back to, to actually make sure that it happens or make sure that it doesn't happen, that's definitely something that you would be somber about. So it does seem to tie in with a lot of comments being made by various people. Um, and uh, Ross also says, quote, I grimace as I say this. Because I'm not saying it's true. It's just an explanation that's been put in my lap. I'm being told this is future human. I'm being told that what we're looking at is an effort by a future civilization to stop a catastrophe. Unquote. And also, another quote. Worth going into a few of these from, from Ross Coltart. I think. So, quote, There is a real mood of apocalypse in the people that I'm engaging with officially. They speak to me on a background basis in defense or intelligence, in the United States in particular. They are really worried that we are heading for a calamity. I don't know what to make of that explanation, and I put it out there for your digestion, unquote. So, I've read Ross's book, In Plain Sight. is absolutely excellent well thought out well researched you know expertly written just great journalism you know finding an intriguing story and digging in to blow the story wide open that's what it's all about isn't it that's what readers want that's that's what we want to see from investigative journalism and ross has been in contact with multiple inside sources in u.s defense and intelligence and that is what ross is hearing I, I don't have any reason to doubt Ross's integrity and I think most people would be hard pushed to find anything where he's put a foot wrong and you know come out with some wacky theory that turned out to be nonsense he just hasn't done that. So this information coming from Ross is in my opinion worth sitting up and paying attention to. And also, Frank Milburn, a former UK military intelligence officer, has stated that he has heard from his sources, quote, I've been in communication for some months with people in the intelligence community. And he goes on to say, a popular theory with them is future humans as representing the source for some of this technology. They're not saying that all UAP are future human, but they're saying that there's a fair proportion that are future humans. This has been known for quite some time, according to my sources. They also talk about a cataclysm that happens on Earth, unquote. Then we also have Exo Academian, who I've been in contact with behind the scenes. And Exo explained to me that he has spoken with an ex-CIA source who has confirmed details that indirectly support The future human cataclysm narrative. Now, I've checked with EXO that I'm okay to share that information, and he he confirmed that I can. I would never share information unless I had specifically asked beforehand, obviously. Um, EXO Academia is a very thorough researcher in this topic. Regular listeners will know that I've recommended his podcast as a a great source of knowledge in the UFO topic in, in general. And again, I have no reason to doubt EXO. His his track record speaks for itself and as such I have no reason to doubt you know his sources. On top of this, you've got Jay from Project Unity, who also said in a tweet, quote, I can confirm I have been in contact with a man by the name of Holden, aka Indrid Cold. For a little over a year now, we have had extensive communications, unquote. Goes on to say Quote, he told me that he was a GG-14 intelligence officer operating on behalf of NSA and NASIC. He told me he has since been allocated to the UAPTF and I know for a fact he is connected to US intelligence channels, unquote. He then goes into saying, quote, I can't speak for Ross in regards to what his sources are saying, but I did put him in contact with Holden. What's most interesting is that there are other sources emerging with very similar statements to Holden's, which is a disturbing thing if I'm being honest, unquote. Again, you may or may not be a fan of some of those people that I've just mentioned. I don't always agree with every statement made by those people I just mentioned, but there's no question that they are highly credible people who are undeniably in contact with some people who are in a position to know about these things and there's a pattern emerging in what we're hearing from these sources there's also by the way really uh, worth checking out is uh, uap toronto on twitter um he does a lot of posting to do with um the the ufo topic in general quite active and he's made a huge mega thread um of of people talking on podcasts about this particular topic and um, so i highly recommend you checking that out also as i mentioned earlier frank milburn um he has done quite a few interviews recently where he's been asked about this. So that's worth looking into. Exoacadamian uh, has done a couple of excellent episodes about this as well. So if you finish up on this episode and you want to hear more, I, I'd recommend uh, very highly to go and check out those sources of information and uh, do some more of your own research. So up to now, we've we've had a talk about why I think that it's potentially possible that these things could actually be... A reality where we're hearing this from and what exactly it's all about so let's have a think about some kind of plain devil's advocate a little bit some counter arguments so one way to think of this as you may have seen me actually mention on twitter if you follow me on there is the main concern i have regarding these sources is that they may have been discovered by counterintelligence and compromised so as i mentioned on twitter john ramirez who's um said on the recent project unity interview that he did that counterintelligence operatives should not be underestimated essentially is is the point that he's getting at quote that's what counterintelligence is about it's about stopping leaks of classified information unquote and he also says quote if that source is still giving you classified information either that source was turned Or that source is a complete imposter giving you fake information, unquote. And I just want to make it clear that I'm not doubting the credibility of anybody's sources here. But it does occur to me that as soon as a researcher announces that they've received information from a trusted inside source, that's like a red flag to a bull in terms of counterintelligence surely that would initiate the process of investigating every correspondence that researcher has had in order to find out who their source was that they've been in contact with. And once that source has been identified, they could then control the flow of information to that individual, the source, and feed them a mixture of real and fake information in order to control the narratives being discussed within the UFO community. I mean, what better way to, to do that to control the flow of information that's, that's getting out how how better to do that than find somebody who you already know is is providing information to researchers and then control what that person has access to in terms of information actually Ross Coltart has said that on one occasion, he had found a computer that he was using being accessed remotely, most likely a counterintelligence operative. Um, could have been other things, but uh, you know it's safe to assume that that's a possibility. And he witnessed that the mouse cursor was moving around on the screen as they accessed all manner of information remotely. John Ramirez said, you know some speculative things on the project unity interview to do with reptilian bloodlines and stuff which i don't necessarily you know agree with all of it Um, but he did make it clear to be fair to him that that all is speculation and somewhat separate to the factual knowledge of the intelligence community that he has but his knowledge of the intelligence community is second to none so i think it's worth noting when he says of counterintelligence operatives quote believe me these guys are good unquote i mean you know you've got to take that on board and the thing is though is that he is saying john ramirez there as well which is worth considering that if that source is still giving you classified information either that source was turned or that source is a complete imposter giving you fake information but what if they're not giving you classified information they may actually be treading the fine line so i have actually been considering the following points the information being given to researchers by these sources could just be on the right side of that line between declassified or unclassified and classified if that was the case technically the source wouldn't actually be breaking any laws kind of like a luella zondo breadcrumb approach you know although perhaps even then the source would still be identified and monitored by counterintelligence. You know, you've got to think that these guys are absolutely on the ball. You know, they're not just going to allow people within you know their departments to just you know leave breadcrumb trails for ufo researchers you've got to think that if they get even the slightest sniff that some of that might actually be going on that they're going to be on that and they're going to be monitoring it even if they're only monitoring it to find out if that line is ever crossed and then they'll take action who knows another point is the information being given by these sources could be part of a campaign to control the narrative circulating within the ufo community In order to actually bring about a gradual soft disclosure so in this case the information could be actually preparing the ground for bigger revelations to come and the ufo community would be an effective way to test reactions to certain elements of the ufo topic before allowing them to be introduced to the wider public so it's not necessarily that You know there's this paranoia there that the 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 government you know in these shadowy departments is trying to um you know feed lies to the public and you know feed uh, false narratives to the ufo community it could actually be the case that they 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 actually encourage certain individuals to give information to researchers in order to kind of test the waters of how the ufo community reacts You've got a a fantastic testing pool there, haven't you, with UFO Twitter and so on. If you want to see kind of like a sample uh, of how people would react to a certain piece of information, you allow that information to leak out through these certain individuals who are giving information to researchers. You see what the reaction is, and then that allows you to then gauge what the reaction will be from the wider public now obviously it won't be the same reaction because people within the ufo um community are already um aware of a lot of the background and things whereas the wider public wouldn't be but it would still be an, an interesting testing ground to be able to actually get information um you know tested before releasing it out to the the wider world and i've wondered about that with certain leaked videos as well you know they they allow certain researchers like you know jeremy corbell has had some some interesting videos given to him and i have wondered about the motivation of of, you know why is he be given these videos and it's interesting that they allow the video to come out and then the maybe a day after or even the same day in some cases they verify that the video actually is a legit video and it was from um, an actual investigation that was uh, done by the pentagon so again it's a way of kind of having something come out gauging the reaction and then deciding whether or not they're going to admit that it's legit and the 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 other quick point to make there as well is that the information could actually be part of a, a targeted disinformation campaign to further conceal the actual truth so perhaps throwing out an enticing concept like time travelers could be a distraction from what is actually happening and you know that's not outside of the realms of possibility either um you know so you've got kind of three scenarios there that i'm laying out you've got the thing of individuals within certain departments are reaching out to researchers and you know for I don't know. Just from the point of view of feeling like it's the morally the right thing to do, giving information to researchers to try and get the truth out there, and these researchers maintain these ongoing contacts with sources on the inside, and the sources somehow just remain undetected all that time, or maybe they do. Uh, get detected by counterintelligence but because the researchers are staying just on the right side of um, the line between classified and unclassified there's nothing that the counterintelligence can really do that's kind of one scenario the other the second scenario is that the information being given by the sources is actually part of the the campaign to control the narratives so in that situation the source would be compromised and actually be um kind of information in order to gauge reactions within the ufo community or even perhaps to prepare the ground for uh, a a rollout of information to reveal um you know the, the truth of what's really going on perhaps because they've decided now that the time is right to do that and uh, the third point there is that the source could be compromised and being used to actually um, spread disinformation as part of a targeted campaign uh, to further conceal the actual truth of what's going on and i think all of those three scenarios could be a possibility it could be that all three of those scenarios are possibilities depending on which case you're talking about but again, this, these are the things I've been thinking about. And, and, you know, I'm not the type of person who will hear, you know, oh, time travel are coming from the future and blah, 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 and just go, okay, cool, no worries, that sounds great, let's go with that then. I always question things, you know, and some of the questioning may not be right, you know, may not turn out to be correct, but it, it, I think you have to question things. You have to throw out, play devil's advocate with yourself and test, you know, if anything could hold water so another quick point to make there as well is the difference between disinformation and misinformation and i may have just kind of some some of the points i've just made and may have confused the two as well it's very difficult to remember which one to say especially when you're doing a stream of consciousness recording type thing but essentially um there is a difference between the two so it might seem like a small difference, but I think it's worth mentioning here because um, they are, there is a sort of difference between the two things. The, the actual outcome of what happens from disinformation and misinformation is the same, but um, it's the actual intention behind the process which is different. So, misinformation is when a person passes incorrect information without any intention, whereas disinformation is when a person intentionally passes incorrect information for a certain purpose so you could say that if a source has been compromised and they don't realize they've been compromised but they are being fed certain information which may be a combination of the truth and uh, complete nonsense information and and they're inadvertently passing that on to researchers then that would be misinformation um but if a source has actually been turned in other words they have been approached and um you know they uh, maybe some superiors within their department have approached them and said look we realize that you've been doing this and now we want you to um, work with us to actually put out whatever information we want you to put forward towards these researchers then in in that situation the source would be actually uh, complicit in that process and that would then be disinformation so there is a slight difference there and i thought it was just worth mentioning that just to clear up any confusion and um, as i say i don't always get that the right way around as well it's you know when you when you're just talking and talking sometimes you might say the wrong one but that is the difference between the two and i think again worth worth noting because we hear a lot about those um in in the ufo world and um yeah worth knowing that the, the subtle differences between the two there So now I've been questioning these sources a little bit and and thinking about possibilities of, of what could be happening there as I believe we should do with all these types of things it's worth mentioning that I have reached out behind the scenes sent a lot of emails as I mentioned earlier and tried to verify what I'm hearing here more to the point I've actually tried to shoot down this concept challenged it to see if it holds water as i said and what i can tell you is that i've been able to verify that the sources where this information is coming from are very likely to be trustworthy now i can't go into any more detail than that unfortunately but suffice to say that due to the conversations i have had which i have been asked to keep off record i am fairly confident at this stage that the misinformation idea while still possible is probably not the case i've had this confirmed to me by more than one person who's in a position to know and that's all i'm able to say on it but i'm going to throw that out there for your consideration so what can we conclude so this really is a concept that sounds like sci-fi it sounds very scary involves the possible end of the world as we know it you know and i for one don't take that topic lightly for you know for that reason there is the the possibility of nuclear war at any point as we know from you know nuclear armed countries being very close to conflict you know various flashpoints around the world and where that could boil over at any time it's something you know again that we can become desensitized to having seen fictional movies about nuclear war and um you know let's not forget what we are capable of doing to each other with nuclear weapons just one error of judgment one bubbling up of those tensions that goes too far or even one computer error and we could be in a terrible situation and also the asteroids concept is a reality for us as a species it will happen you know in 10 years 100 years a 1, thousand years how whatever how long it will happen and this is eventually why humans must become a multi-planet species in order for our long-term survival you know most scientists actually accept that as a fact there is an asteroid due to due to come very close to impacting earth in 2029 and then again in 2036 and even closer in 2068 and this asteroid's name is apophis named after the egyptian god of evil darkness and destruction (laughs) not too scary then you know should be all right but um luckily the the chance of impact is very slim and it is unlikely to hit the earth i think it when it was initially discovered this asteroid and um, they thought that it was a lot more likely to hit the earth and now they realize that actually um it's not as bad as we we initially thought but what it makes me think is that there's always the chance that something like that could happen we discover new asteroids and new objects all the time Umuamua, which I've talked about on the podcast, Avi Loeb was a big, um, a big, uh, you know, uh, proponent of, of talking about Umuamua and, and discussing its origins. And that object was discovered after it had already gone past us and was heading away. You know, we are on a little rock floating through space. What I have heard people describe is is like a, it's like a, a cosmic shooting gallery. I think it was Graham Hancock or Randall Carlson who have said that. I'm not sure though but you know look at the moon every crater on the moon is an object that has smashed into it you know look at the huge impact craters on the earth look at the Chelybinsk meteor that happened very recently or even going back to the tunguska event in 1908 you know an absolutely enormous explosion happened and and these things Happen as we know. Factually, it's a real thing that actually occurs. And the question is, next time it happens, will it be a relatively small explosion like Chelyabinsk or will it be an absolutely enormous one like Tunguska? And if Tunguska hit over a city or there were various objects like Tunguska hitting all at once, you know, the question is really, what can we do to prepare for that as a possibility? COVID showed us what happens when we under prepare for a global emergency you know we should learn that lesson at the end of the day covid was a nightmare still is a nightmare and that's a disease with a very low mortality rate compared to some and our our modern civilization is is fragile you know for all our advancements so far there's always the risk of an unknown spanner being thrown into the works you know what if a disease with i think the mortality rate for covid is like less than one percent imagine if that disease was more something like ebola which is you know up to like 70 80 percent i believed and that's just off the top of my head but imagine any disease that that managed to come out um you know that managed to uh you know evolve in in the world and had a high mortality rate of say 60 percent or even 20 30 percent you know consider how much that would impact us and our society is very fragile from that point of view all you need is one huge event to happen whether it be nuclear war an asteroid impact or several asteroid impacts you know an enormous like solar flare just happens and disrupts all of our satellite you know there could be so many unknown spanners being thrown into the works and just disrupts everything so let's try and round up as 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 best we can you know for now obviously the situation is evolving and i think it's healthy with topics like this to keep questioning and reviewing your viewpoint as new information comes to the light i suppose the extremes of opinion would be a the whole thing is absolutely true and we should start preparing for the apocalypse now i'm not sure we can go that far just yet (laughs) i think there's no need to start prepping and digging a bunker in your back garden just yet but you know i also think it's quite reasonable to be prepared for any eventuality anyway you know there's a phrase that we use in the north of england which is a favorite of mine which is better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it Uh, maybe they use that phrase elsewhere as well i don't know but um yeah that's a great great phrase i think to uh have as a motto you know, and we can we cannot absolutely say with any certainty about any of this at this stage. But it's always good to prepare, even if the time traveling reality is not really, you know, it turns out to to not be that viable in the end or something like that. I think you know we're still going to prepare for all of these potential cataclysms because the the survival of the human race is at stake essentially. You know, and. Um, the other extreme of opinion would be that the whole thing is absolute nonsense and none of it's true you know that's the b option but again we can't really say that with any certainty at this stage and it's like a lot of things the truth somewhere in between as with many things in the ufo topic most of the sources of information are behind the scenes you know sources that provide information to researchers that won't go on the record for various reasons whilst i'm doubtful that this is disinformation due to the reasons that i mentioned earlier we can't rule out that possibility i mean let's be honest there have been complex misinformation campaigns in the past and at any one time with all of the conversations that are being had on ufo twitter there's a strong possibility a strong chance that some of them are part of a disinfo campaign you can't let that paranoia take over as well though at the same time because you know pretty much everybody who comes out with an account or some information gets accused by some people of being uh, disinfo agents i think i've even been (laughs) accused of being a disinfo uh, agent at, at some stage it's like a rite of passage in the ufo topic if nobody's called you a disinfo agent you're doing something wrong you know um but the question is which characters actually talking about this topic are disinfo agents and to what extent and what percentage of information that's out there is legit and that's obviously our job to make up our minds on isn't it which is why it's so important to question everything and to not just take information that you're getting from from somewhere as, as factual you know be aware of people expressing opinions as fact you know now can we say that this is all sci-fi bs coming from conspiracy theorists on forums not to be taken seriously which a lot of people dismiss this as and perhaps i even have in the past you know years ago you know what the thing is i don't think we can say that from the research i've done and i can say you know i've done pretty thorough research over the last you know few weeks on this i can say quite confidently that this is definitely not total bs you know there may be elements of it that are but from the digging that i've done i don't think you can rule out this theory completely what's interesting is that we're probably going to see more developments on this front over the coming months whatever your take is we're going to see this conversation continue and it's best really for now i think just to sit tight and see how it unfolds but it's interesting As I said, I've been thinking about this quite a lot and a lot of people have been talking about it. So I wanted to get my thoughts out there and and put it out there for your consideration. Now, you know anybody who's got any thoughts i'd love to hear what you think about this as well anybody's got any good information or any particular very convincing evidence about this or if you think it's complete nonsense you know whatever you think it's always great to share ideas and, and and you know have these conversations so as always you can get in touch with me on at ufo thinker on twitter and uh always really great to hear from people and also um uh my email address as well um u f o thinker at hotmail or u f o thinker at protonmail.com and um the proton mail email address is secure as well and i always encourage its um it's always interesting to hear from people about their experiences and sightings as well. So if you listen to the podcast and you've got some um, experiences that you'd like to share, feel free to send them across. The ProtonMail one is, is available um, if you want to send anything in, in a more secure way, especially if you've got any videos, photographs, um and uh yeah it'd be great to to hear and if i if i get enough of those as well i may actually do a a special episode on just sharing a few people's experiences Uh, i can do that anonymously so not saying your name if you'd prefer um and obviously if there's anybody who's had actually any um any experiences of, of the time travel thing or you've heard anything from any sources or you're in a position to know uh, and you would like to get in touch with me with with any information about that um the proton mail email address is your best bet and feel free to send any information through because that would be fascinating to hear and just before we finish i just wanted to say a big thank you to uh, the new patreon uh, supporters so as i mentioned in my little intro at the beginning of the episodes i've now got a patreon which is for anybody who's not aware it's a way of of supporting um the podcast so basically you pledge a certain amount of money per month it's very very small amount i think it's two dollars or something for the smallest tier and it really does help just to pay all the bills associated with the podcast because it's actually quite expensive uh, to do this um there's podcast hosting there's artwork and there's all the various um, uh, things i have to pay for to actually keep the podcast up and running not to mention all the hours and hours of research that i've been doing to to try and make sure this is as well informed as it can be so really really appreciate you guys who've already signed up and um, anybody else who hasn't signed up please consider doing so and um I haven't actually got the early access episodes up and running yet. So uh, just for anybody who's wondering uh, if I've already signed up, that will be coming in the next couple of weeks. So the idea is that maybe not every episode, but some episodes you will be able to access early. So I'll be able to put those up um, at least a few days earlier than they go out on all of the public feeds like Spotify. So the Patreon members will have early access to some of the episodes just as a thank you for supporting the podcast in that way. So if you've carried on listening all the way through to this point, thank you very much. You are a hardcore listener of this podcast and it's very much appreciated. And um, I uh, will I will definitely see you in the next one. And uh, till next time, take it easy, stay curious, and I'll catch you in the next episode. UFO Thinker podcast.